he, he wanted Starfleet to be like the perfect. utopia, right? Yeah. So this is, you know, then the fact that it reflects a lot of values today, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, you know. And with that, I say welcome to Geeks with Kids, your bi-weekly geeky podcast from a parenting point of view. This is a special bonus episode of Geeks with Kids. We're actually going to be talking about Star Trek Picard, the latest episode. And joining me this episode is the Michaels. Hi, Shelson Hawk. How's it going? Good. It's going awesome. Just yeah. watch Star Trek. Yeah, we did just yeah. watch Star Trek. So we are testing out some bonus content for our channel. We're thinking about maybe doing a Patreon later with some bonus content for you, the listeners. And this is sort of something that we're, we're looking at. We're looking at doing bonus episodes on the card. Definitely. We want to do Star Trek discovery clone wars is coming out tomorrow actually. So, you know, we're going to try and record some extra stuff with that and maybe record some gaming stuff and us actually gaming with you, some of you, the listeners. So this is some stuff to get excited for later on down the road. Anyways, so we're here this week to talk about the fifth episode of Star Trek Picard, Stardust City Rag. So just in general, what did you guys think of the episode? Did you like it? Yeah, did like it. I liked it a, a lot. Episode. It was. It was It was very good. We're about midway uh, through the season. It's There's 11 episodes this season, so uh, we're pretty much right dead in the center. Is it 11 or 10? I thought it was 11. I'm pretty I, sure I heard 11. 11 as well. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's yeah, 11. But they, they stretched they it out. Did. It was supposed to be 10. I think they added an extra one because they said they made the first three episodes were supposed to be two. This started like that whole Titans thing where they're going to uh, screw around with the episodes and we're, oh, we're not going to know what's going to Reformula to fall. <laughs> it can be like it can be like Firefly, but they can broadcast the the you know second episode first. And oh god, no! This is like actually good. Um, this is a good episode to talk about Firefly because this is pretty much the whole heist type thing, the whole yeah. setup. I, yeah. I was thinking about that um Rick and Morty episode about the the heist, <laughs> and that's all that kept on going through my head as they were setting up the the heist at the beginning of this uh, episode. This perpetual is, double cross after double cross. <laughs> oh, yeah. You son of a so-and-so, I'm in. Um, anyway, so the beginning of this episode starts with a flashback. We go 13 years earlier to the seven domes of planet Vergessen, and you see this doctor brutally taking out an eyeball from some, some ex-Borg, uh, a Starfleet officer. Um, yeah. And then we hear a commotion and we see Seven of Nine there who blasts her way through all these doctors. There's air quotes there. Uh, but unfortunately, yes. she's too late to save this, uh, this young man whom she refers to as her son and yeah. kills him as an act of mercy. What did you think of this first scene in the episode? Uh, the young man who should be, he was, I've, I was reading about on Twitter is Ikebe. Uh, I guess Ichab. he was Ichab. Yeah. Ichab. He was uh, from, from uh, the Star Trek Voyager um, later seasons. They actually rescued a group of kids that were, were um, assimilated by the Borg. But they were also abandoned, right? So yeah. they had sort of, they had this like, um, they, were, they were sort of abandoned on this planet and they had no, <laughs> they didn't know really what to do because they had no collective anymore. And yeah. 709 rescues them and she sort of becomes their adopted mother. Yeah, very powerful scene. Yeah, now we don't we don't find out that that's who the character is though until later on in the episode. It just starts off as this sort of gory scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm I'm thinking of other part of the other um, uh, Star Trek moments, especially Borg moments, where it looked like you were about to see something kind of gruesome like that. Uh, I'm thinking Star Trek First Contact. At the mm-hmm. very beginning of the movie, Picard is dreaming that he's getting a needle going through his his eye. 
And right yeah, as you the never see about it. to go through his eye, boom, the dream ends, right? Not and here. Nope. You see that no, eyeball oh, comes straight they, they, off. They corkscrew that thing, right? right <laughs> yeah, it was the first time when I was like, you know what? I'm going to probably not watch this with my kid in the room right now. I'm going to watch it later. And it's not, it's not time to watch that. But uh, I think this, this topic of um, the violence, excessive maybe um, violence is something we'll get to at the end of the you, episode. You gave a spoiler I, warning on this episode, yeah. right? Nope, no, but we're going to talk about everything. So okay. well, we saw later. Anyway, so we we move to the present time and we get back to the ship and uh, Picard talks to, you know, Seven, finds out what she's up to. And basically she's been part of the Fenris Rangers and she's defending this area. She's sort of like a, a she calls herself a... A vigilante, not is she sort of, like the is she like the maquis, yeah. maybe something like that. It's it's I it think it's more like um, if you think of the rangers from Lord of the Rings, it's sort of like that, right? They're protecting an area that is unprotected. Right. Um, basically, later on, we find out that the neutral zone has collapsed. Has yeah. collapsed. It's gone because of the whole you know Mars attack, and um, basically they have these people, the rangers, that are there, basically just trying to. Keep some they're order. Peace, like they're yeah. not exactly, you know, they're they're not the Maquis. The Maquis were always terrorists in that. Uh, that you know, they're much more. But than they were terrorists from a point of view, right? That was the good thing about sci-fi. Like you know, yeah, yeah they were especially. they were trying to do certain things. No, they're more like uh, they're more like uh, undeputized peacekeepers in the region, and that you know, because the collapse of like the neutral zone would have led to chaos. So. Yeah, yeah, one can only imagine. And with the withdrawal of Starfleet in there, there's just, there's no law. So they had to have someone to keep sort of some semblance of uh, order. And and what's inter- what's interesting too is that we we've talked before about how this um, this particular season of Picard it does have a lot of political themes attached to it that uh, mm. Patrick Patrick Stewart had shared that there are definitely going to be uh, going to be mirroring some things that happened in in sort of the real world. And right. and I'm wondering if if you know, we're hearing about this Mars attack being a conspiracy and whether or not it really happened the way that it was supposed to happen. And it gets into it a little bit more sort of throughout the episode, but it kind of makes me think, are they making this as sort of a parallel to the whole nine 11 thing that happened in the States? And yeah, well, well, remember when seven was talking to Picard in his chateau in the holodeck, uh, she kept on saying how, um, the, the, the Federation had given up on aiding planets and people in need. And they just sort of, became help they, they became this organization to help themselves instead yeah. of helping others. That's definitely a big parallel of, you know, what's happening in the US today. Yeah. I I think it's it, he definitely called out Brexit uh when this whole thing started up and that it was a huge oh, yeah. fear fear in that. But you can kind of see it now. The Federation is uh, has become more about protecting what they already have because as we've learned in that, you know, planets after planet seems to be leaving the Federation. Yeah. Uh, it's not that episode. utopia that we had talked about earlier that you know Roddenberry had envisioned. Well, well, that's the no. thing. Like, are, are they considering that the Federation is sort of that parallel for the United States and what the United States maybe used to be, or what the United States maybe is now? Um, how, how it interacts with the rest of the world, sort of in our in our 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 world, and and how the Federation interacts with the rest of the galaxy. Uh, oh, I yeah. can see some parallels there for sure. Yeah, yeah it's about it. Yeah, because like our favorite episodes of Star Trek have always focused on them in aid of other planets and that who are yeah. you know experiencing ge- geological collapse or whatever and that. But there, the Federation was always there to lend aid and that. Mm-hmm. Now it's like they've kind of retreated. 
And there's this, it's an interesting thing because we're, we're talking about how the Federation is um, sort of like the States, but the Fenris Rangers aren't totally good, right? Because yeah. they, even Picard's saying that they're judge and jury. It's so kind of sh- shades of gray kind of thing. Yeah. Everything is shades of gray now, which, you yeah. know, yeah. pretty much is what the news is now. Days, unfortunately. But that's what Star Trek has been good at, even going back to the original series, sort of paralleling what's going on in the world. And so we're living in a world that's shade of gray, shades of gray, mm. you know, and, and so why not, you know, explore that through science fiction, the, the way science fiction is supposed to. Mm-hmm. Sure. So from this point, we get this whole setup of the heist, basically. What they're going to do is they're going to go down onto the planet. They find out that there's this person called... Bejazel, Bejazel, which sounds like some sort of uh, bedazzling tool. (laughs) (laughs) The first time they say her name, I'm just like, Bejazel, really? That's the Star Trek name you guys came with? But okay, that's cool. We we got that scene with with Bruce Maddox as well when he's he's talking to her and he's drinking the the alcohol and then he passes out. Yeah. Yeah. He's sort of like paralyzed there. Um, Basically, she's sort of this crime crime lord type person yeah on, 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 world, on free cloud and um she has a nightclub she's dealing deals um yeah. so they're, they're they're making up this whole heist idea where they're going to go down and they're going to trade seven of nine for bruce maddox and yeah. they, so they go down into the bar we see rios dress up to the nines in the most amazing costume uh, <laughs> it is the greatest <laughs> pimp outfit we've ever seen in star trek every costume in this episode is amazing and i really <laughs> want to just dress up as rios every day of my life if i oh, could do I that can, I I need a, a feather in your cap feather i can't believe the eye patch, <laughs> the eye patch. <laughs> perfect card and the really really bad french accent the thick so oh. thick such a thick oh. french accent i am french like oh man oh so bad but good not bad but so yeah. good yeah exactly yeah it's nice to see that there's still a sense of humor to the show amid all this stuff <laughs> well and you've also got uh that that uh, uh romulan swords guy what's his name uh oh what's his name i'll i'll or something i'll 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 sorry Elnor, <laughs> Eldor, Eldor. We'll we'll, we'll get his name. Like I think it was Legolas. Elnor, Elnor. But he does. He, he's he's sort of being a little bit of the of comic relief for us too, because yeah. he's kind of that that sort of clueless kind of character. That's he's like, like Spock. Yeah, he's like, are we still are we still pretending? <laughs> you know, like that kind of. Stuff. He is pretty much the the spot the warrior Spock that, of this series. Oh right? yeah, yeah, <laughs> straight man. Certain- data na- nativity yeah yeah for sure and i mean we didn't yeah. talk about the previous episode where the dude's head was whoosh, oh, yeah, cleaved yeah. straight off <laughs> yeah maybe we'll do uh, a lead up to this episode one day and just talk about everything that happened mm-hmm. we'll see when we have fi- free time i'm sure we have free time as you know people <laughs> but um be- before we go into the actual heist um what do you guys think of the lead up into there where they had all the ads show up <laughs> uh, all the, all the spam. yeah the spam <laughs> ads i thought that was so funny um it it also had you know traces of blade runner like even when you get yes. down to the building or d- down to the planet you're just like everything's so neon and it's not something that we've really seen in the star trek realm no. before yeah, I know. I, I was. I think I commented to you on that about how that you know it's nice to see when they they recognize technology in our time and that uh, you know advancing yeah. in 
future so that everything in their data stream and like media bases and that is totally social media related. And that. Yeah. It's all based on the people that were in there. So that's yeah. why that Elnor guy didn't get an ad because he has no, you know, no social presence. media presence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we get Rios uh, transporting down. And the first thing you see is Quark's new bar just on the outside. And it's just so amazing to see a giant bar with neon lights, just saying Quark's bar. I'm like, ah, oh, yes, Quark. Yes. And, and they name drop him too. Yeah. Later scene. on. Yeah. So what'd you guys think of this whole idea of a heist in this episode? It, it, it definitely had shades of firefly and like all those like ocean yeah. eight because it was, it was that sort of cutting between them setting up the plan and then, then doing the plan. It's something you don't yeah. really see on Star Trek. It was also really, it was one of those really convenient kind of setups too, where, where Rafi just seemed to have every tiny piece of equipment that they could possibly need uh, for the, you know what I mean? She, she yeah. had the, like, obviously she was involved in some kind of covert ops. She was in Starfleet, uh, you know, uh, security or, or something that, that she had all this knowledge in this background. But well, she, you know, she, she talks a, about it earlier, right? She talks about uh, doing Starfleet Intel yeah. right, at the beginning. Yeah. She's and got the, the, the pattern enhancer that's going to work perfectly for what they need. And but to be <laughs> fair, they've had pattern enhancers all the time in Star Trek. Oh yeah, right? oh yeah. And, but Star Trek that- is always like this. It's always like this. We, we, we got every plot device you could possibly need for this scene, and just exists <laughs> as technology, and it's perfect. I really enjoyed that Allison Pills character did not know how to use the transporter and she was scared about it. Yeah. <laughs> like that was something different. Like it, it, you just expect people to be like, oh yeah, yeah, transporter. I can just press you, that you, button. You, you learn that up. in grade six or something. When exactly. Yeah. Well, actually, I think that, that's kind of a trope carryover in that because it seems like every doctor in a, in a Star Trek series has always feared the transporter. Mm-hmm. Oh, good point. That's true. Yeah. Um, we also got this whole back and forth between the EA uh, emergency medical hologram EMH EMH and uh, Alison Pills character. They had this whole yeah. back and forth, this whole episode. And I feel like there's going to be a whole play on that later with the, the yeah. actual captain. Please mm-hmm. state the nature of your psychiatric emergency. Yeah. The heart rate and everything. She's like, I think you need a sedative. She's like, no, go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Wow. So we get down to the planet. The plan seems to be going off totally perfectly. And then we find out that, uh, the Jaisal, she sees seven of nine and then she starts hinting at things that they had had a previous relationship, which causes seven to go off the rails and attack yeah, her. So, so take her by the yes. neck. Yeah. Yeah. And they use a name uh, that um, they didn't, they, if you weren't a Voyager fan, you wouldn't have really, yeah. you know, uh, Annika. Annika, Annika Hansen. Yeah. 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 Which was her human name before she got, you know, transformed over. Um, and we find out that they had been working together to try and help people during the whole Mars attack. And she ended up betraying seven and killing uh, different Borg people that were, and you know, harvesting them for parts. But you know, what's kind of yeah. interesting about that too, is that um, for, for her to know Annika's name means that at some point when um, during that timeline, when after seven had returned to earth with Voyager at the end of, of Voyager, and 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 to this point where she joined the the Rangers, um, she may have been going by her human name. Yeah, she, I feel right? like that, that's true. And then when she was maybe when she was betrayed, she decided to take back the Seven of Nine name because she maybe trusted someone with her her human identity. And then, yeah, I feel like that's what betrayed. But Jazel was hinting at right. Like, yeah, I, it, it, the whole the entire dynamic between them led me to uh, believe that there might have been something more more of a personal nature between the two of them than that. Uh, it's possible. 
Yeah, the Jays will definitely kind of got uh, Ikeab his uh, his name and everything about him from seven. So she let her guard down to this woman. Uh, well, I, I wonder. I wonder if um, she was like, like you have to assume that seven was still working with all these board kids and trying to get him places because he wasn't part of Starfleet when we left them in Voyager, right? So she definitely mm. got him through that. Got him. A- Seven was awful naive as well when she was on Voyager. Like she was really learning the basics of interaction with humans. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that she was completely taken advantage of by this person and didn't realize, you know, that, that, that that's what this person, that's what, um, you know, bedazzled or whatever her name was. That's, that's what she was, that's what she was trying to do, right? She, she was just trying to get info from her and, and, and tried to make her trust, yeah. trust her, right? Yeah. yeah. And it it makes me also wonder what happened with her and Chakotay. I know they were together at the end of the series. And I I recall reading, I think, a wiki or something that said that she and uh, Chakotay had broken up because he became a captain or something. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see. I, I would love to know what happened to her relationship with people after. You know, yeah, because you because she's all rough around the edges now. She's drinking bourbon. She's talking yep. to Picard like, "What the hell are you doing out here, Picard?" Like that's not yeah. how Seven of Nine used to talk. She was very, dis, you know, she was very succinct and she was very proper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? and this will leads to that little talk at the end and that and how much you know when she asked Picard and that you know did you get all your humanity back at, after your assimilation and that and he's like no. Yeah, yeah that that was an interesting that was an interesting play between them. And I wonder yeah. how much they, they're going to uh, play with uh, the other former Borg people that are on the, the artifact. Um, yeah. So we anyway, so we, we move off. Um, Seven ends up not killing uh, the Dazzler <laughs> at the bar. <laughs> uh, and they end up leaving. And they go back to um, the ship with uh, Bruce Maddox. And Maddox is in the, you know, the sh- sick bay because he's he's been... You know, tortured. Not badly, tortured. Badly. He, he's badly injured. He's been hiding from the Tal Shahar. So, you know, he's been running and he's dehydrated. He's he's probably losing blood and whatnot. Um, and they find out that um, they find out the name of the sister. Um, did they know that before? I can't They remember. did not. No, they didn't know her name before. Yeah. And where they didn't she really was, know if she existed. So, yeah, they weren't yeah, sure if she was existing. Yeah. 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 So but, they found out was, her name uh, and where she was currently at, which was the artifact which is the captured Borg cube. Well, that's our first indication that everybody knows about the captured Borg cube. Like I had thought maybe at first that this was kind of a top secret Romulan thing, Mm -hmm. Um, but it seems like the, the artifact is very well known Mm -hmm. in the galaxy. And it's sort of not a good thing, right? Because the look mm -hmm. on Picard's face when he's like in Romulan space, he's like, Oh no, this is the place we don't want to go to. Yeah. I think that the presence of the artifact is generally very well known given the diverse range of of like uh, races that are working on that ship. Mm-hmm. So that would be the worst kept in the Romulan but, Empire. But you have to imagine that because of the Federation's history with the Borg, it's not something that people want to go to, right? The Borg yeah. is not something that you want to go and study. It's the people who have to go and like that have that thing in their mind that they have to go study it is why they're there. Oh, sure. Like you can all like who who wants to study in a nuclear testing plant, right? The people yeah. who really really want to do it. Yeah, exactly. I'm just surprised that if if there's a a, a captured um, Borg ship in Romulan space and the Romulans are weak and scattered, 
it just seems like that would be something that, especially, you know, with what we're seeing of the Federation right now being maybe a little bit dark, dark and more opportunistic, it almost seems like that would have been something that the Federation would have just swooped in and said, nope, this is ours. But are they scattered? I don't know if they've, you know, collected since their explosion of the planet, right? They, yeah, sure they, they, right. Exist, it's hard to tell. they exist as a free state right now. Uh, and I, I think like, you know, the free state is who, who controls the artifact and that, and you can tell it's very heavily guarded. Uh, from I'm, all the security. Yeah, I, I I doubt they're on a central planet just based on the last episode where we see um, that Romulan boy. We can't remember his name. Good Lord. Um, AKA. AKA. Eleanor. Good Lord, we're butchering this. Um, but, oh you my know, God. He, He's so good. We, we, need a list of, we need a list of characters. Character names, exactly. Eleanor. Eleanor. So, um, yeah, it looks like that planet was one of the, you know, offset planets for for the Romulan people, but it was mm. in disarray just because of, you know, what had happened. Anyway, we'll go back to Maddox. He uh, he told everything um, to Picard and, you know, sort of shook him to the core. And um, <laughs> um, what, where did that go to next? Uh, did it go uh, to seven of nine? Well, seven of nine left and had the talk with Picard, and yeah. then and then there's the whole sequence with uh, Maddox in the uh, in the infirmary uh, and getting killed. Right. Yeah. So who wants to talk about that? Explain that scene. So uh, it's still kind of it's not as fresh in my mind. Uh, after, after which scene are we explaining? The one where he gets killed? Really? Yeah, the one where well, he gets killed. Yeah. yeah he, like. Yeah. Before he, before that, before he's left alone with uh, the other doctor, and that he uh, references a, a deeper conspiracy to the whole thing, including the ban on the synths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah. she says she says that she had to kill him because she knows things that she wishes that she didn't know. Yeah, yes, and because she knows these things, she has to kill him. And you can tell she's upset by it too. She's crying. She's really upset, but but she's she's killing him anyway. Yeah, Agnes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, there, there's a Alton Pill did some great work in that um, in this episode because there's that scene it earlier in the episode where she's looking at a memory or at least a hologram of yeah. them, you know, cooking, making cookies, and <laughs> we find out that they, they they had been an item, they were dating or whatnot. Yeah, um, they were very late, much in love. Yeah, and later on, she ends up killing him um, because of what she knew and what he was trying to accomplish and what he was trying to do. Now, so we, do, you, wait. do you think she was an item be, with him because she was trying to keep an eye on him? Like, was do you think she was part no, of that conspiracy? Um, no, I, I think that she had been an item with him because of their close work together, um, and the, the the fact that she had talked to Starfleet before about Picard. Um, that's when she got. You think that's when she put found in that loop, out? right? That's why she okay. had that convenient uh, phaser to kill the ah, Romulans okay. at Chateau mm, Picard. It did feel a- little convenient when she just showed up there and that and yeah. right after the talk with with starfleet and that and then demanding no- that she come on the trip oh. yeah yeah exactly she is a great actress in this episode i, I thought in, in this whole season i think alison yeah. pill's doing a wonderful job she's so good especially when you see her uh you realize why she was freaking out earlier in the episode because emh also shows up in this scene when maddox is dying yeah. and he's and she, like we gotta help this whole thing yeah, yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, if I could also yeah. mention that I I love the set design in this show. Like the 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 ship that they that they're on is it called the the La La Serena? Mm. I think it's called La La Serena, something like that. It's um, 
it, it is a gorgeous ship. Like I love the interfaces, the, uh, the 3d interfaces that they, they, they operate the ship with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be, uh, if we do end up seeing the enterprise, uh, F, um, I, I think it's going to be all holographic, holographic yeah. stuff. Oh, that'd be amazing. What the, <laughs> sorry, I'm looking up, uh, I was trying to find out the name of the ship, uh, the, the, the ship and, and on Star Trek online, they have a USF USS enterprise F on there. Oh, that, that's an odyssey class vessel. Hmm. It looks like a Voyager sort of pretty. Anyway, that's not important because we're talking about Picard, the TV show. Um, I'll send you a picture of it later. Um, La so, Serena. La Serena. Um, so we find out that she kills him. She shoes off the EMH. And we go to the last sequence where... Um, well, what happened at the end of the episode? I can't even remember. Good Lord. They ended with the Maddox's death. You know, we were that was the last, last scene? The character had been talked about all season. It was the, it was imperative that they find him. They got their information that they needed from him and that, but then he yeah. died. Yeah, I, I was, I did watch this episode a lot earlier. Yeah. Anyway, wow, a lot happened in this middle, middle episode. Even though you know, it wasn't all, you know, moving this the story forward. We were stuck in this one place, right? Um, what do you think of this? This is the, the this is the halftime, the half waypoint in the season where do you think how do you think it's going so far as a show as a show it's going uh, very well in that because each story it, each story feels very self-contained even though it's advancing an overarching mm-hmm. plot and that and i've liked everything i've seen so far yeah. and the introductions of like you know new and like you know old characters into it has been great um mm-hmm. i'm hoping that plot moves along a little more you know at full full steam ahead for the, the remaining five episodes yeah uh, but generally, I'm loving it so far. I can't wait for next week's. Yeah, I remember the the showrunner saying that the first act of the show was them on Earth. So everything up until them getting the ship was first act. So this is definitely the second act. I feel like the finding out that Allison Pills character, um, Eggie, being a mole is sort of that you know that 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 point in the middle second act that's always that um, conflict. So this is where it's coming in right now, and we're gonna see that play out more in the second half of the season. Yeah. There, there was a few touching moments too. Like there, there was a moment in this episode where, where Rafi goes uh, to find her, I guess, a strange son. Oh yeah. Um, I forgot about right, that. Part. Right. And, and he's about to have a baby and uh, with a Romulan. Well, yeah. And, and she, you know, he, he's never, you know, she's obviously hasn't been there for him. She talks about cleaning up her life, probably getting off of alcohol, mm-hmm. drugs, whatever it was that she was in. And, uh, and yeah, that it was not the reunion that I think she wanted. No, yeah. and one of the things that divided them, uh, you could tell it was their, you know, again going back to real world stuff. It's their politics that divided them in that because yeah. he was married to a woman, and she, uh, you know, apparently for most of his uh, childhood was going on about crazy Romulan conspiracies involving the attack on Mars. Yeah, yeah. It, does it does it show that we sort of skipped over this sequence that? Um, it sort of didn't. I don't want to say it underplays in the in the whole in the whole episode, but it, it sort of didn't feel. I think it was more character building for yeah. for Rafi, but it wasn't really directly connected to the plot of the episode at all. Yeah, no, no. If anything, I, I thought it, it was a great character moment for her because it showed her vulnerability, which we hadn't seen so far in the series. And yeah. I think that this conspiracy that she's. 
I don't know, spent her life being stuck on. I think we're going to discover what that is um, mm-hmm. in, in the next few episodes. And, um, you know, the, the, I, I think that's going to be one of the major themes is that something more has actually happened on Mars than people think. And yeah, for she sure. will have been right Absolutely. all along or something like that. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if this is going to be one of those things where it's going to be too important to tell everyone and it's better if they keep it contained, right? It's what it feels like. It's going to be one of those really big things. Like that's why Aggie or Alison Pills character is, has killed Maddox. Right. Really? Uh, and, and I know there's that idea of uh, keeping things status quo or keeping the Federation, not, you know, we don't want it to, to fall apart, but interestingly enough, um, the trailers for discovery have said that the Federation broke apart hundreds of years before. So I wonder if we're going to start seeing that happen in Picard. I know this is because this is going to be a major test for, you know, Jean-Luc that, uh, you know, if there's something, you know, if there's a secret so big, it could destroy the Federation and that is he the one who's going to keep it? Yeah. Concerning he like, he's been such this big, he's been a big supporter of the Federation as a organization. It's not, it's not like working right now, which is why he left it, but he's always believed in it as an organization. Um, So, wow, that's a, there, there are some big themes going forward and mm-hmm. big implications. So Huge. I want to I go back on something we talked about, like pretty much from the beginning of the episode, um, the, the violence of the, the torture sequence. And it came back again later when Seven was talking about um, how, what's his name, was her son. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, Seven. Oh, Ikeb. Ikeb. Sorry, mixed up the two characters. Yeah, the- <laughs> So I was talking to Shouse about this earlier and I was like, I really, really like Picard, but it's not a show I could watch with my kids, which is really unfortunate because TNG or TOS or Voyager or any of those, those are definitely shows that I watched as a kid. And it was something, it's something I really fondly remember. And as a little kid, like I was five or six, I remember watching TOS coming home from school and being like, it's on TV. I might as well watch it. Um, Yeah like that and Batman. Right. And then when next gen came out, it was something I definitely watched with my family. I watched it with my, my dad and uh, like my family. <laughs> I keep it inside my family. Um, <laughs> and then every year, like every couple of years, there'd be another thing. And it was sort of just this family thing that we used to always do. We used to watch Star Trek, but now we have this new generation of Trek. We have um, discovery, which is darker and then we have a card was really dark and it's not something I can watch with my kids anymore. It's like no. some, it's something I don't think I can watch with my kids, especially with the, the amount of swearing that they do sometimes to an excess that I don't know. It doesn't seem like it fits. And then the excessive violence. What did you guys think of that? What do you think of this idea? It's, it's, you know, it's just this, the difference between the mediums that we grew up with versus the mediums that are available today for, uh, you know, streaming or entertainment and that. Because everything we watched, Star Trek in our youth, was all network, you know? In network, yeah. it was as clean as possible, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is network this, now, right? This is on, this is on space. No, no. Oh, well, it, well, it, 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 it is it, for us, but it, it's, it's on, it's streams in the States, right? It's, it's, it's not, CBS on, not on network States, TV. And, and then it's Netflix in the, the rest of the world. Yeah. So, so it's not, like, yeah, Netflix is pretty much is the TV of now. The yeah, of but it's it produced in a way that, it, you know, that is more for the streaming audience than it was for like, you know, the, the, the network audience that, you know, that we were a part of. when but, we went. But if we think about it, like kids, they don't watch cable, right? They watch streaming. There's no difference in it. It's just a different way of watching things now. Yeah, sure. 
Um, yeah. My kid could watch. Yeah. The actual yeah. production of the show has to kind of reflect like, you know, where television kind of went in those years in, in between Star Trek series and that, you know, darker. Does it though? Yeah. You know, it, it, it doesn't it, have it, to, right? No, but it'd be foolish not to in that, especially if they're appealing to a, a moral. Yeah. I can watch life. The Mandalorian with my kid. I can't watch Star Trek with my kid. Yeah. I, I think they're trying to reimagine Star Trek because if you look back at what happened with Star Trek on TV, especially mm-hmm. how um, they basically canceled Enterprise after four seasons, they had mm-hmm. basically written the death certificate for Star Trek on TV. Yeah. And they had said, this is done. And we didn't get any more Star Trek until Abrams brought uh, brought you know the, the whole um, that, that reboot of the Star Trek movies back, right? I and can show my kids those movies and I can't show them Picard. But, but I will argue that those movies are where, are where it started to get a little bit more dark, yeah. right? Yeah. And and now they're saying, to, these network executives are saying, okay, we're, we're going to bring Star Trek back to TV, but we, need, we can't bring back uh, Scott Bakula. We can't bring back Star Trek Enterprise because the ratings were horrible. We mm-hmm. need to try a different formula for Star Trek. We want to see if we can catch... Um, get uh, the, the mature audience that was the Star Trek fans and, mm-hmm. and maybe not necessarily trying to build on a new audience. Mm. And I don't know if it's the right way to do it, but it seems like that's, the, that's their way of, of re- revitalizing the franchise. So this, the Star Trek 2009 Nine. Yeah. was mm-hmm. PG, PG-13 in, uh, in PG-13 in the States. I think it was PG here uh, in Canada. Um, uh, yeah. And really that, even the violence in that, like they had phaser fights. Yeah, but they the violence the, in, in Into Darkness and Star Trek Beyond were there was a lot more violence in those two movies. Mm. And yeah, I feel like right? they were pushing that because they wanted to make it more mature it, it, for they the were. mature audience. And Star Trek Beyond had some, it, right? some dark season some dark sequences in Star Trek Beyond, like where there's mm-hmm. one sequence where the girl's head explodes and there's one sequence yeah. where But they've always had yeah. something like that in the movies, right? Yeah. 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 So it's I don't, weird. Like 2009 Star Trek was such a cunning feat in that, you know, it was a huge blockbuster movie in that. So they had to make that PG in that they, cause they, they wanted like a big audience for it in that, but it was also know. the only one that really other than beyond beyond felt like a Star Trek movie. Um, yeah. That one felt really, really like a big old swashbuckling Star Trek adventure. Absolutely. Uh, it was a genius feat. And it's probably the best thing JJ's ever done. You know, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I, I can honestly agree with that. Um, yeah. Well, one of the best things. I, I think that um, Super 8 was also a really good movie that he did. Uh, sure. But the way he captured, you know, a lot of the essentials of the original series and that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, sword fights on top of, you know, <laughs> that, uh, that mining thing. The, the, uh, the, plus the cast was, he did a, an amazing job with the cast. Yes. Yes. But let's, let's stop talking about J.J. Abrams. We'll go back yeah. to Picard here, yeah. back to the Prime universe. Um, so so your, your plan moving forward is for us to sort of continue this discussion after each episode? I, will, I think it would be good. I, I think it's good. It's fresh. Um, I like hearing what you guys think about it when it's really, really right there. And I think, I think our fans would enjoy it as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I love the idea. I, I, I loved. I, people can't get me to shut up about Star Trek, so this is perfect. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, this is so this is my way to save your friends from listening. <laughs> you talk about Star Trek. Do it here. I'm bringing notes to it next week, and that because it's too hard to remember. Everything. We're gonna have a, a list of all the characters' names. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I pulled it up now. Obviously, right after the episode, right at the end of the episode. Okay, we got we got bedazzled. We got Eleanor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chris Rios. I, I, I find it funny that the only character, new character that I really remember his name was, was Rios. And that's because yeah. I really enjoy him as a character. Oh, he's so cool. 
There's also yeah. Raffi, but you know, she wasn't really in this episode that much. Yeah. 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 Right, um, what cool. was Elnor? Elnor. Elnor. That's the one we have to remember. Yeah. Elnor. Elnor. Huh. All right. So um what did you guys think of the you the listener? What did you guys think of this episode? Once you let us know on social media, on Facebook, everywhere. We are everywhere, obviously. Thanks, uh Shows and Hawk. Um hopefully I will see you guys tomorrow, maybe for Clone Wars. Are you guys gonna watch it? I know I'm definitely I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not gonna watch that one. So you so, guys I'll I'll listen to you guys though. I'll I'll download Boo Show. So maybe we'll I do will, a, I will sign up for your Patreon so I can listen to that. You should uh you should listen to you should watch Clone Wars if you haven't seen it. You can watch it with your kids. It's one of those yeah. TV shows you can watch. With how your many kids. how many eyeballs are corkscrewed out of someone's head in Clone Wars? That's only a, only a couple because of Darth Maul, but that's because okay. that's okay. what Darth Maul does. Okay, good to know. Good to know. I think anyway, the, the most is a couple of people get shocked. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no real torture in it, is there? No. <laughs> and if they are, they're clones, so it doesn't really matter. They're not real people. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, for Geeks of Kids, I'm Eric. Thank you, shows. Thank you, Hawk, for coming on. And thank we you. Shall talk to you guys soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.